Welcome to the 13th episode of Hashtag Wolves. I'm your host, Noah, and as always, I'm here with my co-host, Will in the Wolves Den. How are we doing? Doing all right. Uh, we are potting immediately after watching the Wolves fall to the Rockets and subsequently fall to the 8th spot in the West. Yes, this is true. It's it's packed like sardines, but we're 8th. We're That's a fact. Yeah, I guess I, I can't throw up excuses right now. I used to say uh, earlier in the season, like, oh, the Wolves are firmly in the 4th spot in the West, and I kind of threw that out without even thinking about it. There's nothing like firmly about being any spot in the Western Conference other than like 1, 2, and 13 through 15. I, I'm, I'm confident that we will make the playoffs. little sneak peek, but 538 does have us at like a 90% chance still. And I think a lot of that's due to our upcoming easy schedule, but we'll get to more of that. Yeah, so that kind of shapes our mindset going into the pod. Like um, panicking right now, but confident about what's to come. Yeah. But that hasn't happened yet, and none of that is certain. So Right, and definitely frustrated with some of the losses. So what we'll be covering in the podcast tonight is... The game Saturday at San Antonio and Sunday at home against the Rockets. And since we just have two games to cover, we've also decided to include a little bit of Western Conference watch, um, looking at the upcoming games on the schedule. And I'm going to test Noah's knowledge on Timberwolves history, maybe make my claim to be the hashtag Wolves historian. So... And yeah. I'm, I would definitely be a sleeper pick to win this segment. And okay, I think gotcha. it could... Uh, undermine the credibility of this podcast that's true yeah so stay so just know that i'm i'm well versed in present wolves but once we get down to the history yeah i don't live in the past yeah so stay tuned for that don't don't stop listening after we break down the games but first up was the tough loss on the road at the spurs so noah how how'd you say your wolves fared in this one uh losing by 16 to a bunch of seniors is pretty tough I didn't know Manu Ginobili could still ball. Um, He's so good. <laughs> yes. So, basically, LaMarcus Aldridge just kept up what he has been doing for the Spurs. He had 39 points on the night and 14 for 22 with 11 of 12 from the free throw line. I think if we just gave Taj, like, some PEDs or something, he'd be, like, a LaMarcus Aldridge. I'm intrigued. You but, got you my know, attention. That's a little more controversial than, and than it, you know, than it used to be, so yeah. don't know if we get away with that. We gotta give LaMarcus some credit. Like, he's an all-star, and he's a dynamite mid-range shooter, and can actually, like, create his own shot, which I think Taj, I don't know if I've ever seen him, like, yeah, he create did, his he, own jumper. You know, I'm a little biased towards Taj, but yeah, he doesn't just drop step every time. Yeah, <laughs> that's true, that's true. <laughs> Muscle is boy there. Usually if we lose by 16 to a team that I think we should probably even beat, we were on the road and all that, but the Spurs did shoot overall pretty well, and they shot 84% in the second. So I literally do think we got outplayed. I mean, always you can match that intensity, but at some point, like, uh, every dog has its day, I guess. So, And I think yep. that was th- a, this kind of type of game for the Spurs. So I, I guess I'm not as upset about it. Like, yes, it doesn't really help our playoff seating, and, like, facts are facts. But I think I think we played fine. It, it really only seemed, though, that Wiggs and Towns were the only two guys who sort of made a dent in the game. Both of them had over 20, but I think... The rest of the guys were in either in low single digits or um, high single digits or low double digits. And so I, I think at that point, without without Jimmy and with Wiggins and Towns only getting like 20, 21, like the numbers just don't add up and we're not going to play good enough defense to sort of eke that out. So I was a little, little frustrated by that. But Rose has actually sort of been the, the silver lining, even though Tibbs, I think, has been a little weird about him and some interviews he's sort of 
put off by questions about Rose. Yeah. And I, I think he's a little too defensive of sort of... I, th- I think it fuels the Timberbulls kind of fire. Mm-hmm. Because it, it seems like he'll do anything to hype up Jimmy Taj or Rose. And so it, it really just feeds into that media narrative. And he could definitely get down on some like OG kind of Timberwolves guys. So I think he needs to be a little more... I mean, professional's not the right word, but Yeah, he's oddly unbiased. defensive. Yeah. of Derrick Rose in a way that's not just like he's still getting his feet wet with this team. It's just like I will not be taking any questions on Derrick. Mm-hmm. It's re- it's really really strange. To and me. some of the situations we saw tonight with, I, I, and I'm gonna get to how I think he's playing better than I mean than he used to, which isn't saying much, but I think he's put in a lot of clutch kind of situations, and it's taking minutes away from guys you think would probably be in at that at that moment and benefit from like that big game experience as we we're hopefully going to go into the playoffs here yes yeah, so i think you want it especially if you if butler's um timeline is a little different is a little shaky right now i think it, it isn't it is a time to experiment at times and it's not as if rose is some wily veteran who's going to be a guaranteed efficient player like we have guys on the bench who are probably better than him at the time and are younger yep so it's sort of a lose-lose but to his credit he did go four for nine against san antonio and six for 11 against houston so i I think he's he's playing very well the games before that were not as pretty oh he, he didn't play against boston but he did go one for five against golden state i remember watching that game and he looked even worse than one for five he just looked kind of helter skelter I don't know, his first game with the team and just, and he's, what, he was shooting hoops at Cleveland State University. So yeah. A little different vibe. So a I, lot I, of nerves, I, I bet. Yeah, I'm feeling I'm feeling good about him, but I don't think he's going to be a top four or five player on yeah. our team. Yeah, we should keep an eye on his plus minus too, because I had heard going into the Houston game, even though he shot it better against San Antonio, he was like a minus 37 in 31 minutes. So he's still... I mean, he's still a liability defensively. Yeah. And and then when you compare that with someone like Tyus Jones, who every metric offensively and defensively analytically points that like Tyus is yeah, we a talked really, about really great player. In the ESPN rankings, which is obviously, I think, 99 out of 100 people would say it's a little too high for taking that as like the overall strength of a player. But yeah, I mean, like, yeah, like we were saying, like there's a young guy behind him in Tibbs' mind who's who could use every minute of playing time and, in my opinion, is a better player today. Yeah. So that's that's tough to see. But you also want to see him do well so that you have both options. Mm-hmm. One of the good. things I heard Jim Pete say on the broadcast tonight was as Derek was going on a nice run, uh, making some plays to the basket, he's like, yeah, he needs the right team around him to succeed, which it's like your second or third point guard on your team, you shouldn't be thinking of, how does our roster fit around this guy? It should be how does this guy fit into our roster, which I think is a big that's just difference. A, that's just it. Yeah, like he still gets the superstar type treatment, and mm-hmm. he's like a seventh or eighth man on a team, mm-hmm. metrics wise. I mean, we'll see how he, minutes wise it might be a little different. Yeah, but. he's still the MVP like in Tibbs' heart. So mm-hmm. I think with the San Antonio game and kind of a big picture uh, look at it, it's it was really hard to not think of it in the context like we got to win this game because the game against Houston we're flying back it's a back-to-back and Houston's so much better like we need to bag the San Antonio game and to not was just really Mm. frustrating Mm -hmm. yeah from a facts standpoint it totally is because 0-2 is very much 0-2 yeah but 
I think you can create a narrative where the 0-2 isn't that surprising without Butler. Spurs play a surprisingly good game, and then, I don't know, we play the Rockets. Yeah, And definitely. get down by whatever we were down by at half a yeah. lot. And made a good comeback, if you want to talk a little more yeah. about that. but the Rockets... I'm, it's definitely a tale of two halves. One of my favorite kinds of games. You got your slow bleed losses, your pull away games. Tale of two <laughs> halves is a good one. We were down 20 plus in the first half. Um, that's when I started tuning into the game, listening to it on the radio, and I heard Alan Horton say, you know, the Wolves are like 0 and 6 when they go down 20. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder if we're down 20 or he's just bringing that up as an interesting fact. And then I looked at the score. Yeah, we're down 20, so... I would also say that the fact isn't really that surprising. You, no. Usually the ESPN-type stats like that are like, oh, wow, that's like that's kind of crazy. Like, I, Maybe that does matter that much, but mm. being down 20 doesn't really help you. Yeah, you would think like maybe you can eke out one like miracle win, and I was hoping that was tonight because in the second half, Belly and the bench really brought us back in. Gorgie pushes Chris Paul in the back, and all of a sudden it lights a fire under the team, and we bring it to within five in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, as serious or not, like as that was, I mean, it 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 looked like it sparked the team. Could have been a yeah. coincidence, but there's definitely a different energy with the crowd and everything. Gerald, G- Jim Pete was saying the yeah. the like the most electric game that he's seen all year, like crowd wise. Yeah, glad we sold our tickets. That's that's beside the point. Well, Belly played really well. I mentioned him. Gorgie like was getting after. It wasn't really sc- scoring, but. Derek, Obviously, the energy was there. Yeah, I mean, like Derek, Derek Rose, he was the guy that was attacking the basket. And mm-hmm. like you said, he went, what, 5 for 11 in the game? Yeah, and with, with a certain type of energy, too. I, you know, some games are you're going to get like five layups, and it's like, okay, you should have gone 5 for 8. But he was making some cuts to the basket, and that one dunk, it kind of seemed like old Derek Rose. It's like, mm, I don't want to do it with his knee, but yeah. it, it seems to work out. I mean, he looks really athletic, but... I think if he can just rein in sort of the the variance or like the Shabazz Muhammad factor, yeah, like the he, no defense and all over the place. He went one on one a few times, which made me nervous, and he got some buckets. But the dunk that he had was great because Teague drives the lane, kicks it to a guy in the middle, and Rose just rises up and Threw slams it, it. It was sweet. It was probably the like pinnacle part of the run, and he kicks one to Carl, uh, who dunks it on fast breaks. So that was really fun to watch, and it, it felt like we were in the game, but then. James Harden just decides to attack the basket and draw a foul, drill a three, and kind of show why he's probably the MVP this year. You know, mm-hmm. your team starts to come back, and he just goes and gets a bucket for you. Yeah, Jim Pete discussed it in, like, the context of, isn't it nice to have, like, a Band-Aid like that? Mm-hmm. Like, where, like, something happens, and you just know that you sort of have a solid, really good plan B. And so I, I think that's a good way of describing Butler's injury, too. Like, right. Like, it's the first time in a while we've had sort of a Band-Aid since KG, and mm. now I guess we've ripped it off. <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, literally torn it off. But, <laughs> yeah, J- Butler was that player, like, guys, calm down, I'll go get us a basket, and he added that layer of, like, I'll get us a stop as well. So I guess you could spin that. So when you add Butler back, maybe some guys will have an extra amount of confidence and be ready to push into the playoffs a little bit. Yeah, and hopefully the fit still works with, like, oh, Belly's been playing really well, that's not going to stop. Or, you know, however well we feel Wiggins has been playing, like, it's not going to... It's not going to be a detriment for Jimmy to come back. You know, the mesh hopefully oh, still no. works. Yeah, of course not. And I think a lot of the time we talk about the playoffs in the context of making them, just just being the top eight. 
But where the regular season does matter is if we get the eighth or the seventh seed, we're playing the Warriors, the Rockets, right? Mm. The sixth seed, I think, for me is my goal, just because I want to get out of the first round, right? Yeah, then you have fun playoff basketball. Yeah, I, I don't expect to make it past that because then again, if you win, you're playing the Warriors, or like you can't avoid that situation. But yeah. why not put it to the side for seven games? Mm-hmm. So, I yeah, I guess. With the playoffs, I'm just looking to sixth. But yeah, like I have down here, we're now eighth in the West. Mm-hmm. Were we fourth before the game? No, we were, I think we were sixth. Oh, okay. I was like, how does how did that? That is Whoa. a precipitous drop. <laughs> so, so that, I mean, it, to slide to eighth is rough in a game where you had a chance. But like, it goes to show, don't don't get down by twenty, especially to a really good team in the Western Conference. And I didn't have faith that we were I didn't really have a lot of faith that we were going to win this game but just to be shelled in the first half was kind of a gut punch yeah and and to spin it a little bit didn't Ben sort of say like at this point in the season we shouldn't be about moral victories anymore or shouldn't really be counting them but you gotta say the second half is one yeah and maybe it'll bring a buzz in the locker room going Mm -hmm. into like the next week and an easier schedule yeah for sure so should we run through who we've got coming up yeah so in our next eight, in the next six games, we only play one top eight team in that team's respective conference. So it's Clippers, Knicks, 76ers, Grizz, Hawks, and the Mavericks. And so you, not a lot of not a lot of fear uh, in no, that, I, that list of teams. Uh, we do have a couple Eastern Conference, three Eastern Conference teams in there, though, which is always scary. So yeah, who knows? We we can uh, disprove that myth, and hopefully, like statistics prevail. But yeah. I, you know, I, I believe in curses sometimes. Yeah, something about the East Coast just we do not like. Mm-hmm. So I think it's sort of we were talking about this a little earlier, and I think it's I think this is why five thirty eight gives us a higher chance in their model, just because we're predicted to win probably five of these six games. Yep. So I think it shows that it's just sort of time to land the gas, and I think it's going to be exciting if we can string some wins together and. I told you, like, I want to go 4-2, and two, and that puts us at 44-33. and 33. I think that sets us up well for a six-seed. I don't know other teams in the Western Conference schedule, but I know it's tightly packed. So a couple of wins here or there is going to make all the difference. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, so you, you look at that 4-2 and two and where we're at right now. Like, we went 2-3 and three over this kind of death five-game stretch of the, what, the Celtics, the Warriors... I dropped a game in there. We went the Celtics, the Warriors. I know my quiz was right. Yeah, the 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 Spurs and the Rockets, and we played someone. Oh, the Wizards. The Wizards on the road. Yeah, so those are all playoff teams. Yeah, so we went two and three in that stretch and kind of survived, and now we're hopefully to like the reward part of it. This is like the Wolves hit the sauna after a hard workout, and hopefully just like are able to. Snatch some easy wins, like you said. Yeah, and even to go two and five in a stretch of Portland, Utah, Boston, Golden State, Wizards, San Antonio, Houston. Yeah, like I'm, and without Butler, I'm. It's kind of what I would probably have predicted. Right. So this, like, this, so I think we're playing at the level that we would have hoped to without Butler. Is what mm-hmm. I'm getting at. And the Wolves are playing themselves into contention for the playoffs, which I think is is what you want. It yeah, bo- the second he went down, your first question is, will we make the playoffs? Right, yeah. So, like, Jimmy's injury puts everything in a completely different context like we've talked about. But these next six games are, like, really exciting just to think, like, let's win some of them and let's put ourselves more firmly in a playoff position and just, like, pound on some teams that we should be better than. Mm-hmm. And I think from a fan perspective, it's also fun that April 9th, April 11th, we have 
back-to-back, or well, we have two home games in a row, which, for the first time in a while, you could be watching decisive regular season games at Target Center. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Before you'd go in for the first 10 to 15 games, oh my god, we'll probably make the playoffs, and then, you know, I buy the All-Star break, you know what's going to happen, yeah. right? So it's the first time in years that we can go to these games and sort of have that feeling that it's like, that, like you're sort of going into playoff basketball. That it's meaningful. Yeah, the game tonight seemed like it was really, really fun. You said Jim Pete commented on the broadcast. Like, yeah, like oh, sold out game. This is the most game. fun mm-hmm. game of the season, you know, even though they lost. So I'm looking forward to more of those for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and even from like a GM or owner perspective, what we're still way up there in home wins. So I think like the Wolves as sort of a business entity, it, it's been really great to see that they've been able to sell out games and charge us more for our season tickets yeah. <laughs> so you know, like revenue wise and all that i think it's good just to see that we're becoming a mid-market yeah organization yeah hopefully instead the, of the, the laughing stock yeah the attention then will start to like pile on too and that's why i just think like playoffs or or bust like six seed would be a great goal so that it's a little bit more meaningful of a series but just to touch the playoffs and go like look we got there this season and now we can build so what do you there. think the narrative would be if we get a seven seed, get a tough matchup against probably that would be the Warriors. Right? It would probably be the Warriors, and we lose. We make it five games. Yeah, I would think it would be. You know, maybe we're that kind of one year away. Like everyone needs to lose in the playoffs before they start to make runs in the playoffs. No one just throws their team together. It's like only one team wow, wins the last game. We, yeah, exactly. Only one team wins the last game. I mean, teams need to take their lumps in the playoffs. So it's just a part of our story. You know, Jordan had to beat the Pistons before. He... I think that's unbelievably <laughs> optimistic. I think it's realistic. Right. But, but like, I don't think do you, if people are going to agree with you. What else, do you just, what else are you going to say? Like, just blow it up or this season was a failure? Like that's I think we look into the past. You. So I think if we lose five, six, in five, six games with the Warriors, I think we go back on it and say, like, how could we have not gotten a six or five seed so that we could eke out a first-round win? Yeah, and my one response would be a meniscus injury. Yeah, but, that we leaned on. Yeah. No pun intended. Yeah, that's a true. A little too much. So yeah. So it looks like we have differing views of what no, a I agree would look with like. how I would feel about it. But yeah. I was more asking like, what do you think the media and fan sentiment oh, yeah. in I the situation the, would be? The larger sentiment would be like, oh, not not really happy. With how could we team. not make it to the finals? Yeah, like mix of disappointment and like frustration, and who knows what would be said about tips and stuff. And I don't even want to get into like the media feelings on tips. And projecting what that would look like in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So with that, time for a little Wolves oh, trivia. I was, I was hoping you'd forget. <laughs> yeah, I was not going to be escaping that one bit. So big, big news for the Timberwolves this week. I don't know if you saw it was posted on Instagram that Wiggins became the like in fifth place in the franchise in points. Noah, I would like you, in order, oh, God. to list who are the top Wolves scorers. So, top four scorers for their career in a Timberwolves uniform. Ready, set, go. First disclaimer. <laughs> yeah, give yourself a little time to think, talk through some stuff. I was at a bar once, <laughs> and someone got really, really pissed about who one of, one of the names was in the top four. But also, like, we might delete this if this goes south. <laughs> I'm sure we can hack away all your wrong answers and just dub. Yeah, I, I, I can look them up and then re-record. Oh, 
Can I just guess the... Yeah, uh, just guess uh, the... Because that's what I did, and I did really, really so poorly. But it was Number fun. one, fun. KG? Yes, absolutely. Okay. 20 questions. Is Zerbiak in there? Yes, Wally Zerbiak's in the top four. Three? Zerbiak's number four. Ooh. Is so Leitner in there? Leitner is not in there, but he cracks the top ten at number nine. Okay, that's what someone got, like, super pissed about. <laughs> okay. I was like, it's a fact. I don't get the problem. So, no, um, so far, he's got KG1. I'm just trying to think of blank. tenure. Yeah, I know. It's, like, guys have gone on some streaks, but Wally, number four, and then Wiggins, number five. So, you got to fill in two and three. <sighs> Spreewell? Spreewell not cracking Cassell? the top ten. Cassell, no. God. Short run, yeah. Oh. Need a little hint? Yeah. A recent Minnesota Timberwolves head coach oh. is number two on the list. What? So coming in at number two, so KG's got 19,000 points. Coming in at 7,000, big drop is Sam Mitchell, former head coach of the oh, Minnesota Timberwolves. I forgot Timberwolves. Sam Mitchell has been coached for us. <laughs> this makes me look a little worse. Let alone played. <laughs> Yikes. And number three... Noah. Come on. I'm so stuck in my head in like the KG Zerbiak area. Go a little bit more recent. Love. Who, yeah, Kevin Love. Who held us over between there? Yeah, I, like, I blocked out the dark years. <laughs> yeah, well, full disclosure, when I was guessing, I was like, KG, Love, and then I picked like three guys who were on the original team. I was like, Pooh Richardson, Tom Gugliotta, and Tony Campbell. So, Noah, nice job. Gugliotta so, threw it down an NBA jam. Though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm a big Tom Gugliotta fan. but So, I think I have definitely cemented my position as Wolves historian with all the research I did for this. On, on the mic, records. it probably didn't sound that great, but I don't feel horrible. No, how many how many guys would know that Sam Mitchell's the like second in franchise points for the Minnesota Timberwolves? Or that Leitner was maybe in the top ten. <laughs> That's right. That really surprised me. But. That was a dark horse pick. You built up yourself like some equity by saying, hey, is Leitner in there? People forget that he played for the Wolves. <laughs> it's going to be my one-liner. Just yeah. So how do you feel about your wolves after that? Because it looks like you're pretty broken down about, like... How about after my trivia? How do I feel Yeah, how do you feel? I'm pretty sad about our past, but happy for our future. <laughs> that's, I think that's a good way to end it. Yeah. So until next week. Yeah, how? How?